Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the last episode of the decade and of the season, or I should say this year. I, along with Macaulay Matthew, I'm of course William Ramo. What's up, Mac? How you doing? Hey, man. What's up? How's it going? I'm good, man. I'm I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Glad glad to have you on the show, and I'm glad to have you all, ladies and gentlemen, check out this episode. Again, the last episode of the the decade. So I want to thank you guys for, um, you know, the continued support for the past 10 years as we enter 2020 and uh, hopefully get to bigger and better things with the show. So, again, thank you, Mac, and thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for checking out this episode and all the episodes in between in the past 10 years. So, again, thank you. You're welcome. All right, man. So on today's show, we're going to talk about – you know, my spoilers about um, the Star Wars movie, uh, the, you know, episode nine, The Life of Skywalker. I'm going to give my thoughts about The Mandalorian season one. And um, also, you know, talk about, talk about briefly about the Eddie Murphy, um, you know, um, hosting SNL. And then, of course, you know, do what we do best on this show, talk sports. Uh, give you my thoughts about the Knicks, how the Knicks are playing lately. Um, you know, the Mets uh, signing Dylan Batanzas and what moves I think, um, you know, the Mets should do next. Also talk about, uh, you know, Yankees, you know, their signing uh, of Garrett Cole again. Talk a little bit about that and who they should go after as well. And, of course, you know, it's uh, week 17 with the football. So we'll talk about Giants and Jets as well. And uh, end the show with a little WWE. But uh, most importantly, you know, we'd love to hear from you. So, you know, feel free to make your voices heard. Uh, but with that said, um, let's just, you know, let, let's just dive into, uh, before we talk about the stars, let's let's dive into the SNL a little bit, the Eddie Murphy, um, you know, um, special. And, of course, I know you checked it out, Mac. Oh yeah. And, yeah, man. Um, you know, Eddie Eddie was, you know, he was, you know, hilarious. He lived up to the hype. You know, this was his first um SNL that he hosted um since um nineteen eighty four. You know, right at, like right after he left uh the show as a cast member. And yo, he br- he brought it. I mean he had you know, um he, uh, he had Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock Tracy Morgan, um, and then, um, um, you know, Keenan Thompson pop up and, you know, who's, uh, you know, obviously a regular on the show. I think this might be his last year too on SNL as a, as a cast member. My memory told me, right? Tracy Morgan? Kenan, no, Keenan Thompson. Didn't he say this oh, was Kenan. last year? Um, I'm he's been on sure. the show for like a long time. Yeah. Like at least, what, 14, 15 years or so. Yeah. I think he said he's gonna that that might be this might be his last year, but 
you know, don't call me on that. But yeah, it was a it was a great moment, you know, seeing those, you know, icons on stage at once. Probably the last time they've been on SNL since um since uh, you know, the fortieth anniversary a few years ago. Which, you know, ironically showed uh, you know, um Eddie Murphy return, you know, in any capacity to SNL which I guess opened the door for him to return now. But yeah, it was it was a great show. He did all his um old school characters, um you know, Gumby, Buckwheat, you name it, he 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 did it all. So, to me in my opinion, I I think that was the best hosting, you know, performance in SNL history. And the only thing that I could compare it to in recent history, history um, would be when The Rock hosted it, like uh, back in uh, 2000, you know, his, during that WrestleMania um, hype, you know, between his match between, you know, Triple H, Big Show, and Mankind. Yeah, at that's that time. But yeah, that, you know, Eddie brought it, man. He knew the, he knew the pressure was on, you know, he had to promote his, his, um, his upcoming, his, his you know, his movies, like Dolomite, that Dolomite is my name, that, um, documentary that came out earlier this year uh hyping up coming to america which to me is the second funniest movie of all time comedy movie of all time bar none he's finally making a sequel like 30 plus years after the original so you know eddie he's doing some big things and then he's gonna go back into stand-up so yeah that's also exciting i want to see that he definitely brought it What was your thoughts on his, uh, you know, his his perform, you know, his performance and return to SNL? Oh man, it was epic, man! I I was so hyped up to see it. You know, he his monologue was great. Him bringing back the characters, Buckwheat, uh, Mr. Robinson, with a you know he had the gentrific- gentrification <laughs> in, the, in that skit. Um, Velvet Jones, yeah, he brought back all the big time characters, Gumby, you know. But uh, yeah, just seeing him back on SNL after so many years, you know, it's unreal. You know, and him uh, hearing him now going into stand up again, that's gonna be even man. That, Eddie Murphy in stand up again, that's I thought I would never see that again in my lifetime, you know. Let alone host SNL, but. That's an old episode was great. I do agree with you. It's probably the best hosting performance I've ever seen on SNL. Yeah, and it and it helps that you know he's hosted it before. I mean, yeah. this was his first since '84, and then of course, you know he's one of the greatest cast members of all time. You know, hosting yeah. being a part of the show for like what four or five years in the '80s. So, yep. You know, so yep. it it also paid off. But um, yeah. What what was your like? What was your what was your favorite um, segment? Uh, wow. Or skit? I mean, the Mr. Robinson neighborhood is probably the best skit of the night. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you, 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 um, you, um, you, you went inside my mind, man. That's literally what I was gonna say, man. Other than the monologue, you know, my favorite skit was the Mr. Mr. Robinson one. Yeah. H- hands down. Yeah. That was, that was, that was funny. And uh, probably the second behind that one would probably be the Black Jeopardy, Velvet Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, that was funny too. Yeah. Yeah, that, definitely. And then I would say the Gumby would be third. 
Yeah, yeah. They all yeah. agree. Well, That's actually, the buckwheat, the buckwheat would be third for me after the Black Jeopardy. Oh, um, with the the um mass mass singer one. Mass singer, yeah, that was funny. That probably would be fourth for me. But yeah, it, 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 no, 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 no. You know what? I just re- no, I just remember a, a skit that was really really funny. That okay. that um that that um family one where where um Kenan played his father. Oh yeah, that yeah. That one yeah. was really really funny. That one had me balling. Oh, that was that was the like the commercial like a commercial thing skit they were doing. Yeah, yeah. about yeah, like yeah. family. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, that I was like a about that one. like a mock PSA, you know, about you know families, you know, spending right. time the holiday season. Yeah, that was a funny one. I totally I totally forgot about it until it just flashed into my mind just a few seconds ago. That one yeah. was really funny. Um, I I'd still put that one behind the other ones because. The character ones were the best for me, you know. But that was the highlight for me of the show. I think I would put that one over the buckwheat one, in my opinion. But yeah, it was all he was. He brought it, man. He, as oh, expected, yeah. definitely, definitely check it out. Yeah, it sure. was great. It's good, you know. Skits are on YouTube, so. And I ain't getting paid for this, so. <laughs> I'm getting paid for plugging them. So I have no dog in the fight. But yeah, it was a real funny episode so if you want to check it out hey feel free to check it out um yeah i guess i'm i'm gonna shift gears to um yeah before i talk about the stars i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna talk you know a little sports you know i think i'll save the i think i'll save the 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 stars um reviews towards the end but yeah let's just dive into um uh sports and um the biggest thing that happened in uh, New York sports right now is the Mets, you know, they finally did what was right. And they finally signed Dylan Batanzas, you know, the former Yankee uh, closer slash setup man. So what, a one-year, $10.5 million contract. Um, you know, they have, um, you know, a player option for, I think, 2021, 20, you know. And basically, it was a no-brainer. Yes, um, Dylan Batanzas, you know, dealt with a lot of injuries, um, especially this year, to the point he only appeared in one game and struck out the only two batters that he faced. And once he, you know, after he struck out the, the, you know, the two batters, he was celebrating and then he injured himself. So he only literally pitched, as you would know, Mac, he only pitched one game. And, you know, he in September and then re-injured himself. So, if he could, if he could stay healthy, I mean that that is a that is a major coup for the Mets, you know. And then not to mention, you know, you need you need Diaz to bounce back because you know Diaz, unlike Batanzas, Diaz, the jury's still out on him if, whether or not he could pitch in New York or not because right now it's not looking good, you know. Diaz before he before he got traded to the Mets in the Cano, the infamous Cano trade. You know, this guy was the best young, best young closer in the game. Had like, what was it fifty seven? At least fifty seven saves. Yeah. You know, with the um with the Mariners, and then he comes to the Mets and and blows like seven games and gives up fifteen home runs. Like it was like every game, man. He gave up a home run. It was it was scary. If if he would if he would have been at half half as decent on the mound as we thought he would be. In addition to Familia, 
who was the who was the big free agent signing they had, who was the former closer for the Mets, you know, um for for uh, many years, you know, especially you know, it, most um infamously, you know, in the World Series where he blew three three saves, you know, in the World Series, which is the most for a closer. And um obviously it wasn't all his fault, you know, because the defense was horrible. Yeah, I'm looking at you, uh, Murph, D- Daniel Murphy and Lucas Duda. But <laughs> in any case, you know, it wasn't entirely his fault. But needless to say, he, he did blow the game. And, of course, you know, that quick pitch that cost us a game, game one. But, I'll di- you know, I digress. You know, I'm still – I'm surprised I'm not even going to therapy for, for that, 20, that 2015 World Series alone. But that's another story for another time. You know, I'm just – you know, that's what it is when you root for teams that um that stink. You know, they <laughs> have so many horrible memories. Even the good times ended in misery. So, I guess we all can't be Yankee and Giant fans like Macaulay. But <laughs> I, I digress. Let's let's uh-huh. let's stick to the 2019. But well, you can't um, be Yankee. You can't be a Yankee fan if you grab all our plays from our roster. Well, I mean, the, the, the Yankees are, are, you know, they've done it too. They've got, you know, Strawberry and Gooden, you know. So, you know, we, we've had we've had at least over 100 players, you know, switch sides, you know. More, and more so than Mets lately, I've noticed. Lately, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Most lately with, with, with uh, Granderson um, a few years ago. Uh, Dylan Batanzas this upcoming year. I know. Cano, yes, infamous Cano <laughs> is one of them. Yes, are you Tom Frazier? Who? Oh, Tom Frazier. Yeah, I forgot about him. I give you a thumbs down, but you're correct. <laughs> you wanted Girardi. <laughs> yes, I did want Girardi. Yes, you're right. I did want Girardi. <laughs> I did want Girardi, but unfortunately, Phillies did practically all the moves I wanted them to, the Mets to make. They got Girardi. You know they re-signed Wheeler. I mean they signed Wheeler. Um, they they traded for um, Rio Muto. You know before the season started. So yeah, I mean the Phillies were doing Phillies are doing moves, man. And that's the, and that's why it was so important for them, the Mets to sign the Kansas because all the teams in the NL East are improving. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? The, the Phillies, Phillies, you know they made the biggest moves. You know the Braves are the Braves. You know they always. They're always going to, um, you know, draft well and, and make some signings. Not to mention they won the division. Then you got the Nationals. They lose Bryce Harper. And then when Bryce Harper le- left them, he promised that he was going to bring a championship back to Washington, D.C., which obviously he did because <laughs> once he left, they win the title for the first time ever in history. Shoot. Not even the Montreal Expos won it. And they could have they could have done it in '94 if the um if the um the MLB didn't lock out that year. Yeah. So yeah, they did something that the 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 Montreal Expos or the the Nationals haven't done prior to this year. And I mean, coming to this year, I mean, I knew the the Nationals was good. Trust me, I knew how good they they were. I think the Mets played better than you know head to head. The Mets played better than the Nationals, but the infamous game that I saw, the only game I saw all of this year was um, when the Mets was this close 
All they had to do was win that game, that Sunday, that infamous Sunday night, Sunday morning game. If they would have won that 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 game, they would have won the division. No, not the division. They would have won. Was it the division? No, I think they were, no, no, they would have won. They would have won the top wild card. Yeah. They were no, not won it, but they would have been ahead of it. Not won it because they were still plenty of time. They would have been ahead of the the. the they would have been. The, they would have been on top of the, the – they would have been the winners of – well, not the winners. The, they would have been – you know what I'm saying? They would, have been, they would have been the number one wild card team at, right, up right. until that point. But yeah. Up until that point. So they wouldn't have clinched it. Right. So that's why I'm trying to be specific, you know, with what I'm saying. So I won't, you know, um, you know, mislead people. But in any case, had they won the – had they would have won that game, they would have um, – they would have been sole possession of the the, the top wild card. Right. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. And of course, the ground was on the mound, which you know the Mets don't the Mets don't play. You know they don't score for him. You know, for the past two years. But that's how great the ground is. You know, he won back to back Cy Young awards. You know, even though the Mets offense don't do nothing for him, but that's how great he is. Even though the win loss won't show that but you know he's, he's the best pitcher in the game but um that well that shows the point if the bullpen would have been good if the bullpen would have been at least half decent the Mets would have been a playoff team but you know the nationals man i knew they were a good team but i didn't think they were i didn't think they were going to win a championship um, this past year, the only couple, the only few times I thought this whole entire year that they would have won is when they were up, when they beat, when they knocked off the, the Dodgers. I was like, wow, the Nationals are going to the to the World Series. When they were up to, when they were up to nothing, I'm like, wow, the Nationals is going to win the the championship. Then when the 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 um the the Astros won three three in a row, I'm like, man, wow. Well, I guess not. I'm like. If they don't, if they if they don't win, if the Astros doesn't win Game Six, they're definitely gonna lose Game Seven, and that's clearly what happened. And then the National became the first uh, MLB team in history to win all road games and lose the home games, obviously. But you know, you gotta give Nationals a credit. And, and Brody Van Wagen, Wagen and foolishly said, "Come get us to the NL East," and the <laughs> NL East staked. They came, got it, and won the World Series thanks to the Nationals. So the Mets, you know, they cannot be complacent. They did some good. They did moves that I like. You know, I spoke about this on the, my recent video. You know, but um, what was I gonna say? But um, yeah, they they made some moves, but they could have. They they have to do a lot more. So to me, I think they should. Um, they should. Um, Get a, a veteran catcher like um, Russell Martin, you know, to be a, a, a you know veteran leadership off the bench, you know, which could be helpful to the young guys, you know. But they, but they, but they can't be complacent, man. They really need to 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 improve this offense, improve the defense in the outfield, you know, whether it's training for Marte, you know, even though Marte took a little hit defensively last year, but he's he's better than anything else we have in this. This outfield, for the most part, yeah. As long as you don't give up Conforto or or um, McNeil or anybody like that, 
You know, I'm I'm willing to give up Nimmo. I don't want to give him up, but you know, if you're gonna get a Marte or somebody like that, you gotta give something to get some somebody. But you can't you cannot give up a McNeil or um a McNeil or um Conforto and definitely not Alonso. I mean that that goes without saying. Yeah, you gotta keep these guys together, you know? Yeah. But let's see, man. The Mets need to make some moves, man. They need they need some veteran leadership, guys who, who you know, who hungry to win a title or guys who've been there. I mean, I guess Cano would could be considered one of those guys, but Cano has to bounce back and stay healthy. Because right now Cano is like the square peg in the round hole of this team because, you know, McNeil naturally is a second baseman. But, you know, we need Cano to turn back the clock. Like I he think was the Mets- on your on your team. I think the Mets need another bullpen guy. They do. I agree. They should sign like they should sign Will Smith or 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 somebody like that. The Fresh Prince? Yeah, hey, he would be better. <laughs> he would be better than anybody else that that pitched last year. I mean, the Mets <laughs> with Dylan Batanzas if, if Dylan Batanzas could stay healthy and um, you know, um Diaz and Familia bounce back. The bullpen that the Mets had, the bullpen this year could be good, you know, because Justin Wilson pitched well. Um, they re-signed Brad Brock, who was phenomenal last year, group of Mets fan, and you know he had his, he had his, you know he wore his heart on his sleeve. I mean that's, I mean he's gonna he was he's good, he was good. If he could, if they could get one more, at least one more bullpen guy, you know, a bounce back by Gesselman. You know, the bullpen could be pretty good. And then you got Lugo, who was the guy, um, emergency start um, closer after Diaz and, and Familia stunk. So Lugo became the closer. But the problem with him is that he couldn't pitch back-to-back game because he had, a like, a, a, a an arm injury. So he couldn't pitch back-to-back games. So if those guys pitch the way that they're supposed to pitch, you know the the Mets the Mets bullpen could be pretty good. The Mets team could be pretty good. You know because they got the starting rotation. The, the rotation took a hit losing Wheeler, but they did they did resign. I mean they did sign Porcello, which I liked. Michael Walker, you know he he's a um, and I guess an insurance type of starter, maybe a bullpen guy. Even though he doesn't want to be a bullpen guy, I mean that that could be a good move. You know, but. You know, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I mean, the bullpen can be a shutdown bullpen, you know, but uh, the question marks are going to be, can Diaz be the same closer that he was a few years ago? Mm-hmm. And, and can Batances stay healthy and be that guy that, you know, the Yankees relied on a couple of years ago? So some question marks, but, you know, these guys can pitch like like we've seen in the past. You know, this can be a dominant bullpen. Absolutely. And then um, shifting gears, you know, on the Yankees side, of course, you guys got uh, Garrett Cole. You, you made you made that big signing, you know. Oh, yeah. you, you got Garrett Cole. And I think the only – I mean, as, as the team is right now, the Yankees, the Yankees are good to go, man. The only move that, you know, in the horizon that people see the Yankees doing would be training for um, Josh Hader. You know, who's oh, yeah. who that phenomenal closer uh, with, the, with the Brewers? You know, I mean, that'd be insane. 
Yeah, I mean, the Yankees' bullpen's already dominant already. But if they want to put – I mean, they could even improve on something like that. But to be honest, the Yankees are, 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 are great, the, great the way they are. I mean, sure, they lost, you know, Gregorius. But, you know, the Yankees – um. You know the Yankees. The the Yankees will always do whatever it is necessary to to win, which is evident with them signing uh, Garrett Cole to that nine year, three hundred and twenty four million with the option that um, team option that could turn into a ten year three sixty million dollar contract. So, you know, Yankees did what they had to do. So, what what's your thoughts? What do you think they should do? If they can get Hater, man, that's that bullpen gonna be sick, man. But they're gonna have to trade a lot of young guys if they want. If they want to give, I don't see them doing that move. It, I mean, it would be crazy if they did, but I don't see that move going through. I but right see. now, it's possible. You know, it's possible. But um, I see them. Uh, right now, I think they need more, more help on the bench. You know, more some backup um, infielders and backup outfielders right now. So I think they should go for some utility guys or guys that can help us, help us off the bench right now. I think we have enough pitching and bullpen, bullpen help right now. So, but we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see uh, which direction the Yankees go uh, in these next few months. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's the easiest thing to do. You know, just getting a utility guy, you know, veteran leadership, a guy who could play multiple positions as opposed to starting pitching. I mean, that's, you know, that's why, you you know, you paid a premium for a starting pitcher. Like, yeah. Jack Coleman, he's, he's, he's averaging, what, 30, $36 million a year. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that you know, um, in this day and age, you know, people are paying less for, for um, sluggers, you know, and more so starting pitching is, is what, Starting pitching and defense is what will help you win championships. So, yeah, you know people are locking up their their young their young talent. You know, Angels. You know they gave Trout that huge contract. Of course, the Phillies gave Harper that huge contract as well. And but you know, pitching man, that's 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 what um gets you to the game, and people are just gonna keep paying ridiculous amount of money to to acquire pitching because that's that's what you need yeah and that's why uh the grom you know he's, he's a bargain for the mess right now not to mention he's he's a he's a back-to-back two-time tying award winner so you know Mets Mets gotta you know they gotta make more moves so they could get to that level to the national level because that that division is tough and um you know, Yankees are doing their thing, man. So you got you got to tip your cap. Yeah, you know they um, just, just got to make this team strong. I mean, this team is already strong, but again, if they can get Hater, yeah. that would be crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And shifting gears, the Giants, man. The Giants are going through another transitional period, man. They. You know they had they had a you know a lost season. Well, I think they were, you guys are what four and eleven right now. I think. You know, yep. a lot of a lot of um, tough you know tough game tough losses. You know, you you did have that that nice um, you know um, 
uh, blast from the past with um, Eli Manning winning potentially his last game, you know, um, as a as a giant, maybe even as an NFL player, you know, winning that home game, you know, as a as a starter. So, I mean that that was a that was a you know a classic moment. Yeah. And now now your boys you know your boys are gonna are gonna go toe to toe with the Eagles, and uh, of course you know um, Damian Jones you know he he started that game. And uh, how many you guys won three in a row? I think. Uh, I think it's two in a row. Oh yeah, yeah, it's two in a row. If you guys went to tomorrow, it'll be three in a row. Yeah. So my big question is, if they win, if they win three in a row, do you mm-hmm. think that's enough for them to save Shermer and or Gettleman, or do you think they should clean house? Um, I think it would be enough to save them. Um, and you know they got the strong quarterback going forward, so I think it'd be enough to save them. You know, winning three in a row down the stretch, yeah. If you were Mao or Kish, would you would you fire? Which one would you fire, and which one would you keep? Wow. Uh, I mean, I would keep Shermer. Um, I think I would keep him, to be honest, and get rid of uh, Gettleman. Gettleman. Yeah. Wow. Um, because um, I mean, the Giants—they're not—they're—they're they're not a team that um. They're not an organization that's known for firing coaches within uh, several years. Because if they fire this coach, they got this is gonna be their third coach in like what, uh, three or four years, you know? So I don't think they should. Uh, I don't think they should do that. Give this guy a chance and see what he can do next year. You know? So I mean, this you got a young quarterback, and you you will get a high draft pick. You know, see what you can do. You know, give him another chance next year to see how he does. I mean, he's only been coaching his team for a year, so you give him a chance. And then next year, if he doesn't perform, then you fire him. But the Giants, they haven't been known as an organization that goes through coaches like that. Yeah, you know? that's very true. So, uh, and I don't think they should start doing that. You know, don't be the Knicks. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised. I mean... If you're gonna fire one, you might as well fire the other one. But um, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, I think it was, I, I think they're gonna fire both. But if to me, if you if you if you if you keep one, you have to keep the other one. You know what I mean? I I don't see them. I honestly don't see them any. I don't see that both of them getting fired. I think if they get fired, it'll probably be next year if they don't perform. But as of right now, I think both Wolves remain with the Giants, you know, and because they've only been here for so what since two thousand since last year, pretty much. So, I think if they win tomorrow, there's a great possibility that both of them stay on. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's a it's a a big game for the you know um, for the for the Eagles because they're gonna try to. They're gonna try to clinch the NFC East, but you know, of course, fortunately for the Giants, you know, they're gonna they're gonna try to play a spoiler, you know, against their longtime rival team. Uh, what do you think's gonna happen? Uh, it's gonna be a big game. 
I see Eagles, I mean, yeah, they're playing for their playoff lives. You know, if they win tomorrow, then, you know, they have a great chance of going into the playoffs. So, but the Giants, they've been playing well these last couple of weeks. So I think they're going to give the Eagles a good fight. They might end up losing, but I think they're going to, they're going to play well and try to upset the Eagles. It'll be a close game, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Eagles are going to pull it out, you know. You know, Giants are at home, you know, but, you know, Eagles are clearly the better team. And I think uh, I think Eagles will, will you know, get the victory. But um, shifting gears with the, with the Jets, uh, the Jets, they're going to be, they're going to be on the road in Buffalo against uh, the Bills. You know, another divisional rival, AFC East uh, rival. And uh, the Bills, you know, they're, they're, um, they're, they already they just clinched their birth to go into the postseason, which would be the the second time in uh, in the past, what, um, 20 years that they've, uh, that they're, they're going to the playoffs. And, um, yeah, the Jets, you know, they, they Jets have had a tough season. You know, um, Darnold was, was sick. Um, it, it was just a basically a crazy season. They, they're, they're playing a lot better recently. I think they won, what, maybe, um, what was it, maybe five of their last seven or something lately. But, you know, it's too little too late. And the Bills, man, they just – you know, those are going to most likely whoop their behind uh, tomorrow. But, um... It's going to be a tough game for the Jets. Yeah. It, it's going to be a tough game, you know. They're going to, you know... They're going to need Darnold to, um... show up and uh, use Le- Le'Veon Bell like they've been doing the past couple of games. You know, so they could, um... end on a positive note. Yeah. But, you know, Jets have a chance. They've been playing well, you know. And, they, you know, they've been playing. Uh, they, they had to get that good game last week against the Steelers. So, mm-hmm. I think they'll fight hard in this game. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Bills, you know, they're a playoff-ready team right now. Yeah. And they're looking to get a higher seeding. So, you know, they're going to try their best to win that game. And they play great defense, too. So they're going to make uh, that Jets offensive line and Darnold work for it. Oh, yeah. And not to mention uh, Jets, man, they're out for revenge, man, because they blew a 16 nothing lead and lost by a final score of, um, you know, 17-16, to you know, on September 8th. So, you know, they definitely got to – they definitely got to um, be out for blood, man, and, and um, get their redemption on yeah, before they play golf next week. So they're not gonna be in the postseason, but yeah, you know we'll we'll see what happens. And then um, shifting gears with the Knicks, you know we all know for the past you know for the past what eighteen years it's another lost season for the Knicks. But you know to their credit. You know, ever since they they um they they fired Fizdale and hired um uh, Mike Miller, they've been playing a lot better. And uh, you know, they they've won uh, two straight. 
um, the, the last game they played uh, prior to today, um, they 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 shocked the world and uh, held the held the what held the the Nets to like what twenty seven percent shooting, and um, they finally they finally beat the Nets, man. The Nets have been like destroying them. Oh yeah, <laughs> especially like the past couple of years, but especially this year. So they finally got the they finally got a a, a dominating victory on on the um the Nets. Um, what's his name? Uh, Randall. He scored thirty five points in that game. He was like, he 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 was doing his best. Um, Bernard King impression right there. He just was scoring <laughs> on them. And then uh, today's that's game. The guy, that's the guy who we thought we were gonna draft. That we <laughs> thought we traded for. Yeah. Played like it on uh, against the Nets. Yeah. And then he he basically continued it tonight. Against the Wizards, uh, the 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 Knicks beat the Wizards. Final score one hundred seven, uh, one hundred. You know he scored thirty points. I think he had ten rebounds. Uh, R.J. Barrett he had um, I think fourteen points. You know, and then uh, Nilakina he, he didn't play that. I mean, scoring wise he didn't he he didn't do that. He scored eight points. I mean he didn't he he, he shot well. He didn't take that many shots. I think he had like maybe six assists or so. I mean, he I mean he showed some signs of of progress. I mean, this is how it is with Nilakino, man. You gotta you gotta measure it, you know, by small doses, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, yo, man, eight, you, man, you got eight points in what six six assists, man? What's wrong with him? You know, <laughs> you're a regular player. You'd be like, man, what's wrong with him? But with the with Nilakino, is like, you know, okay, he's taking some steps in the right direction. You know, you got you got lower the bar for him, man. Yeah, the, the Knicks they've been uh, they've been they've been playing with a lot of energy under Miller, you know, and mm-hmm. they've been playing well offensively and defensively on the floor. Yeah, and this change should have been made a long time ago. It looks like because they're just playing with a different, different type of fire right now. Yeah, different mindset. And mm-hmm. Peyton, that point guard man, it's like he should have been he should have been at, playing point guard for us because. They they're passing the ball and running the floor now with him. Like, I think they. I, I think I like this change. I think someone hypnotized him and thought he, you know, made him think his first name is Gary. Maybe. <laughs> I think that's why he's playing a little better. You know. Well, I mean, obviously not playing that good, but he was out. You know, he was out for a while. So if he was healthy and he was, you know, starting for us as point guard, who knows what our record would be? You know. Yeah. Very true. But yeah, now now um, there's a report saying that the Knicks, you know, there's some Knicks that want to be traded, and uh, most notably uh, Dennis Smith Jr., the guy who was the major uh, trade person we got back in the toys industry. He wants to be dealt. And you know, to be honest with you, I mean, I, you know, I I'm not surprised by it. I mean, to be honest with you, there's only a handful of people on this Knicks team that I think should be held on to. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we we got clean house, you know. I mean, they are playing better. But, I mean, we, we can't have this pipe dream of, oh, my goodness, call, call, call Anthony Towns is going gonna, is gonna to demand a trade to the Knicks. Oh, we're going to get the Greek freak after the – he his brother had a bad experience after being drafted by the Knicks, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, they, people think, you know, oh, he's going to come to the Knicks. 
You know, I'm just I'm just tired of these stories, man. I I believe it when I see it. When a when a prima donna player, you know, is a free agent and they want they have the guts to 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 sign and play in New York and change the the culture, the losing culture of this franchise, then I'll believe it. Because none of these guys are gonna want to come here. The only way we're gonna come here is if we hold on we hold on to um, R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox. Mitchell Robinson, and then we draft the right the right way, and we draft hungry hungry guys who could who, who's going to be part of the future of this team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like trying to go after these these guys, they're not going to come here. You know what I mean? We got to do things the right way. We have to trust the process, like the the Seventy Sixers did. You know, we gotta we gotta build a a young hungry team. Yeah, I mean this team. I mean they're in. They, they took a step in the right direction. You know, um, sending these veteran guys to to uh, um, you know, like one year contracts, with the exception of Randall, which is like what a two or three year deal. You know, other than that, we don't have anybody really long term. But these guys are not gonna be here when the Knicks actually become mediocre. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because the the the, the standard is very low for the for this this Knicks franchise. You know, we're not talking championships here anymore. You know. Even though we haven't won in since '73, shoot, since Sanford and Sell was on television, the Knicks haven't won a championship. Yeah, it's been a while. So the the standards have been low, man. We're trying to we're trying to get ourselves to a respectable team that we we used to be in the '90s when we were actually, you know, striking at a championship type of level, but unfortunately never could make it to the to the promised land thanks to Jordan, which boggles my mind that every time he comes to the garden people have to give him a standing ovation even though he's the main reason why we didn't win anything in the 90s and ever since for that matter but I, that, but that's besides the point but um yeah man Knicks need to get their, their act together man because we can't be wishing hoping and praying for for someone to save this this team and nobody's coming nobody's coming to save us Adam Silver, the 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 commissioner, is not going to save us. David Stern is not going to save isn't going to save us. Back in the days, we got to do it the right way, you know. Mm-hmm. Whether it's yep. dra- drafting wisely or even an extreme case, you know, instead of waiting a few years when Masai Ujiri becomes a free agent as a GM, or make maybe even taking a drastic step of trading away. Premium number one draft picks to get them because that that's the rumor, you know. But the Knicks run, they just got to make sure they make the right decision because yeah. they need to build a they need to build a strong nucleus of young guys and not tr- not rely on the mercenary players who's going to come once we're championship ready, ready the- you know, theoretically speaking, and then they're going to come and try to be the final piece and turn the franchise around because it's not happening. When you know, unfortunately, New York isn't the market that it used to be because these players, man, they don't care about they don't care about New York. They don't care about MSG. They don't care about the history of basketball. They just care about making super teams and and just beating up on the Knicks, man. They just want to take the easy way out. So that's 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 what it is, man. Knicks need to get their act together. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, um, Nick's just just got to continue building. 
um, you know, get rid of players who don't mesh with the system. You know, Dennis Smith, I mean, when we got him last year, I thought, you know, this was the guy we were supposed to have already on the team. But clearly, I mean, this guy, he's not a true point guard, and his defense is lackluster. So we've got to trade him. And, you know, but with these guys right now, like uh, Barrett, we got to keep. Nilakita, I don't care about Nilakita because he has mm-hmm. – He's one one game he'll be consistent, another game he'll be very inconsistent. So yep, I think we just got to part ways with him as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm with you. But um, these other guys like Mitchell Robinson, Barrett, Knox, we got to keep those. You know, we got to yeah. keep that young nucleus together. You know, everybody else. You yeah. gotta go. Even Randall. Randall's been good, but I actually like Randall. I'm, I like Randall. I mean, I he's know good. You're not big on him, but I I want I want to keep him. I think there's. I think we can get, you know, we can get some production out of him, you know, just on the in the right system. I yeah. think with Miller now as a coach, I think now we could, you know, get the Randall that we traded for, you know, get a guy who could score fine. in the paint and maybe improve his defense a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't give up on Randall right now because he's actually playing good, to be honest with you. I mean, we'd have to get something really big. To, to for me to trade him, you know, because he's actually living up to the potential. Yeah. You know, what I mean, he is making like twenty something million dollars a year. Like, what was it, twenty two per year? You know, uh-huh. to me, I think that's a little bit too much for him. I mean, he's a very good player, but I, I think he's get, he's overpaid. But then again, if you want a player of talent to come to the Knicks, you gotta overpay, overpay, because you're not gonna get the superstar players to come over here anyway. Even though mm-hmm. we cleared up our cap space and traded Porzingis. For this um, seemingly infinite amount of cap space, but no one wants to come here. So, you know, I, I would hold on to him. You know, I know uh, Morris is a guy that people are interested in. He has a one-year, five, $15 million contract. I like Morris as well, man. I think yeah, that Morris is our best defender out there. Yeah, so I'm saying those two guys, you know, I say hold on to them until you get a deal that's, you know, that's, you know, comparable, you know, to yeah. their talent. You know, I mean, everybody else, I mean, you could get rid of those, you know, because, I mean, it really doesn't matter. You know, we're not we're not going anything anytime soon, you know, yeah. until we until we make until we have a, a, a team, you know, a team established, especially with young guys and some mixing with these veteran guys, you know, to turn it around. They are making strides to their credit. You know, they won two straight. You know, they're playing a lot better. So. You know, kudos to them for now. But um, yeah, let's let's go to WWE quickly, and then we'll go to the to the um spoilers of these um Star Wars stuff. Well, to me, there's nothing really major that happened in WWE lately, other than um, you know, Daniel Bryan, you know, winning the number one contender match between Baron Corbin, King Corbin. And uh, the Miz. Um, I, I don't know about you, man. Like they had the, the same match three times yesterday on SmackDown. Like, what, what was up with that? Like, they had like they restored the match like two times. Like, um, no, I, I didn't see some of SmackDown yesterday. But, yeah, that was entirely the whole show. Cor- just Corbin and Roman Reigns fighting. Like, here's what happened: the show started off. With with the three of them fighting, Daniel Bryan, Miz, and Baron, Baron King King Corbin, uh, t- 
to start the show. The match ended in um, uh, disqualification, so then they said they're going to fight later later that day, uh, you know, Friday at SmackDown. So then, then it became a, a – a, yeah, Roman Reigns attacked uh, King Corbin because he had interference, I think, in the match. So then it became a, a, a one-on-one matchup between The Miz and Daniel Bryan. And then when they were fighting, then Baron Corbin sent his hingeman, the guy who carried him on that um, – that um, that the you know the um the throne, the portable throne I forgot what you would call it, you know that he walks and he enters the ring. They attacked them. So instead of punishing Baron Corbin for interfering in the match, they insert him back in, into the triple threat match to determine who's the number one contender for the Bray Wyatt's uh, Universal Title. So it became a triple threat match to end the show, and you know Daniel Bryan came out the winner. So. To me, the best person won, you know, out of the three. But, um, yeah, that was basically the whole show. Nothing else really major happened, you know. Daniel Bryan will be facing uh, Bray Wyatt, the fiend Bray Wyatt at uh, Royal Rumble. Should be a great match to, to um, check out next month. And then on Raw, um, basically, um, um, Lana and uh, Lana and Lana and uh, Bobby Lashley—they're gonna get married this uh, this Monday, upcoming Monday. I can't really think of anything else that happened on Raw this past. Oh Raw. yeah, I, I yeah that wedding is uh, this Monday. this Monday. Yeah, you know Rusev's gonna interfere and attack. Of uh, course, Lashley. I, I can't remember anything else memorable that happened, especially with Brock Lesnar not showing up. Holding the WWE title for hostage, like he's done with the Universal title for this past couple of years. Uh-huh. You know, I can't. I can't even think of anything memorable that happened on Raw. I don't even remember what happened on Raw. And you remember uh, more than I do. <laughs> I don't remember nothing. But I, but the major thing that happened in WWE was uh, Andrade. He won the, uni- the Universal. Uh, no, not the Universal. The United States title from Rey Mysterio in a live show at MSG a few days ago. So, congrats to him. But, you know, but other than that, I don't remember anything major happening in WWE, but I guess we'll find out what happens, uh, you know, this upcoming week. Have you been watching AEW? Uh, I haven't really been watching it. Uh, I haven't watched it in, like, maybe in a month or so. Okay. I'd have to catch yeah. up. Same I haven't even really watched NXT either, really. Oh. But, um, yeah, I definitely should check it out uh, this upcoming week. Uh, if I'm, if I'm, you know, home. Like, but, you know, but. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. But last but not least. Yeah, man, let's, let's dive into, um, Star Wars. And, uh. Yeah, here's my thoughts on the the Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker. Um here here's the thing. When I first saw the movie, I was like, "Wow." You know, I give this movie a 9 because the 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 bar has been set so low in my opinion after the after the last Jedi um from 2 years ago. To me, that that film killed 
the Star Wars franchise. So me me um going into this uh episode nine, there was no hype. There was no buzz like um, you know, there was for The Last Jedi because The Force Awakens literally end the movie on a cliffhanger. So I so I was, you know, anticipating wow, The Last Jedi is gonna be so awesome and literally if you if you if you didn't if you didn't watch Last Jedi you didn't miss anything because the Last Jedi was literally literally did not continue anything that the Force Awakens continued you know and then that, so then coming to this movie there was no buzz I was just really watching this movie the the Rise of the Skywalker just to see if they're gonna you know redeem this uh, Disney sequel trilogy and to me. It 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 um how can I how can I describe it? When I first saw it I was like, Okay, this is really good. You know, I gave it a nine. But then as I thought about it more, there was so many mystery boxes that were left unanswered, which I mean, it's always good to have some mystery, but some of these mysteries was was, was needless were, were were needless. Like one, how did Palpin t- how how okay, let me before I go back. Remember, there these are spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, do not do, do not listen to the rest of this because after this I'm going to spoilers on the Mandalorian. But in any case, um, how is Palpatine back? And the only explanation is, you know, they use the line where he says that, you know, the 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 um the dark side does stuff that we consider unnatural, and that was it. To me. Palpatine, along with Darth Vader, his apprentice, are the best villains in Star Wars history. To me, you cannot just bring these guys back up, especially after they they had a wonderful finish, you know, to their stories storyline in uh, the Return of the Jedi in 1983. So to bring these bring these bring to bring back Palpatine, arguably the greatest villain in film history, you could even say the case for Darth Vader as well. To bring him back in in this fashion was was just was just a um I don't know I, I, it, it was just a, a a cheap way to get the fans to come back because his story arc was perfectly finished with with Anakin slash Darth Vader you know redeeming himself and and over finally overthrowing the Emperor and bringing back balance to the Force but in this case they bring him back for no reason. And I mean, it, it just makes you know. It just shows that the this the Disney Star Wars they don't have a plan, man. Because the first two movies were hyping up Snoke and and and, and Kylo Ren as the two big bads of the of the, the the sequel trilogy, and then in the Last Jedi they just kill off Snoke for no apparent reason, and then they revealed that he was just a like a clone that. Palpatine was using behind the scenes. But then another question is, if Palpatine was alive this whole time or resurrected shortly after he died, why did he let his empire be destroyed just to secretly hide in the wings to try to overtake it again? It, it didn't make any sense to me. Well, I mean, what were your thoughts? Well, I mean, the movie overall, I really liked you know, I mean, I would give it uh, anywhere from eight and a half to nine, you know, just because it redeemed itself from The Last Jedi. And, you know, it had some interesting storylines, which, yeah, I mean, seemed odd, 
but I thought were brilliant by J.J. Abrams. I mean, um, bringing back Palpatine was a bit weird, but at the same time, you know, having him being resurrected again and seeing him on screen again and him revealing himself to be Ray's grandfather, I thought that was brilliant, you know, in a way. Um, And also the story arc of Ray and and uh, Kylo, them finally, you know, coming together, you know, because they teased that in The Last Jedi, where you thought they, they could be brother and sister or they could be romantically involved. You know, well, we find out they're not brother and sister, but in this movie, uh, you find out, you know, they could, they could have been lovers, you know? You see Kylo turn from, from, uh, from this evil menace into a face, you know, a, a good guy, and he ends up saving Ray, and you know they have that big kiss that we've been waiting for. So oh, you've been waiting Jedi. for it. <laughs> you know? Well, and I mean, Raylo's, people thought fans. it was gonna happen in the Last Jedi, where they tease it a bit, you know. But um, yeah, we finally see that kiss, and then Kylo dies, which I didn't expect. I think I wasn't expecting him to die, you know, in this movie. And also in this movie, I thought uh, Ray would. Uh, you know, Ray was going to be, uh, you were going to see her as a villain for a portion of the movie. You know, I thought that was going to happen, especially after they found out Palpatine was her grandfather, but that never really happened, you know. So I thought that was a little disappointing, but other than that, I thought, I, I didn't have any problem with it. I thought it was great. I mean, yeah, it was weird that they brought back Palpatine, but, you know, I could see why J.J. Abrams did it, you know, to kind of redeem the franchise after it was almost destroyed by, what's his face, um, Ryan Johnson. Johnson. So um yeah, I, I mean I thought it was I thought it was great. I love the fighting scene between Kylo and Ray in the um in the water. I thought it was one of the best fighting scenes in Star Wars I've seen. Um other than that, yeah man, I enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was a good movie, but I just over analyzing it as a like a diehard Star Wars fan, I just started to see a little bit of the cracks. So right now, I, coming to the movie, I thought it was a nine. Right after I saw it, I thought it was a nine. But thinking about it a little bit more, I said I'd give it an eight. I mean, it wasn't a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination, but there was some stuff that they didn't they did that was that could have made it a lot better. Like for one, the Force Ghost at the end, with the you know the battle scene between her and Palpatine, they they, they instead of showing the Force Ghost, you hear the voices. And you can't really make out the voices that well because you're just hearing the voices of the people. So I'm, so you know, I'm waiting for them to show the people. And what made me mark out was like when I heard Anakin say, "Bring back the balance of the Force," as I did. I was like, "Oh shoot, that's Anakin," because his voice isn't as his voice isn't as as recognizable as you know, um, Miss Windu. Or or um, Obi Wan or you know anybody like or Luke, you know. So once he said that line, I was like, oh shoot, Anakin. Because see, that's my point. If you're gonna bring back Palpatine, you have to bring back Anakin. You have to at the very minimum bring back the Force Ghosts. If they would have brought back the Force Ghosts and you would have saw them, you would have saw them. That would have made the scene a lot epic. That would have been easily the most epic scene in this entire sequel trilogy. Because 
basically they were, you know, the fans were fooled. They were thinking that the film, the the, the sequel trilogy was going to be, you know, the return of the, the band back together again. You get to see what happened to them 30 years after what happened to Return of the Jedi. And then you introduce these new characters, you know, on their journey. And then afterwards, episode eight would have been them shifting towards focusing more so on the, the younger cast, Ray, Finn, and Poe, and Kylo. And then by the time episode nine came about, you'd be like, yo, man, uh, you know, you're, you're basically... Then the way how they treated the, the original cast members in Force Awakens, it would have been it would have been organically done that they would be supporting players, mm-hmm. and then you would you would you would really be emotionally invested into the characters because um, Force Awakens was a great movie. I, I really liked that movie. I didn't like that there was no reunion, you know, between the main character, the, the original trilogy characters, and basically. You think there would be a continuation of Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, but the main, the young main characters were split apart. As a result, uh, Finn didn't wasn't really with the with the with his new cast, and his character got destroyed. His character had such an arc, and uh, you know, uh, you know, an interesting arc. You know, him being a former stormtrooper and then potentially being a, a force sensitive, potential maybe a Jedi. Padawan in the future, but then the last Jedi just turned him into a joke, just like they did to um, General Hux, who was unceremoniously killed in this um, in the the ninth film because of basically you can't take General Hux as a threat anymore after what happened to the last Jedi, getting your mama jokes in the first two minutes of the film that just destroyed General Hux's credibility. Yeah. So yeah, basically, I mean, this the the sequel trilogy, they could have had they would have passed the had it gave more, more respect to the old school characters. I think, I think the um the sequel trilogy would have been very profitable for Disney. I mean, sure they made a billion dollars in, in Force Awakens and what a billion in the in the Last Jedi, but as of right now. These movies are are taking a hit because some of the fans are are not happy. The old school fans are not happy the way how the film was, you know, the direction of the films. But all in all, you know, two out of three isn't bad. You know, I I, I loved the Force. I I loved Force Awakens. Um, didn't like the Last Jedi. Was the worst movie in Star Wars history, even worse than Phantom Menace and 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 uh, Attack of the Clones, which. Those are prior to that. Those were the two worst movies that most Star Wars fans hate. And then I, I really liked um, I really loved um, the last, I mean, the the Rise of the Skywalker. But to me, JJ leaves too many stuff unanswered, like Lando asking um his um uh, asking Jana, you know, where where she's from and all that stuff, and she's like she don't know, and he turns to her and he's like, well, you know, let's find out. And then she smiled. So it's like the way how they made it seem like he's either hitting on her or he's trying to be helpful to her. And then apparently, according to the visual book, I didn't read it, but it looks like she's Lando's daughter. Oh. That's that's something. See, that's something that you should have mentioned in the in the story. At the end, 
they didn't have to put that little part in the thing if they're not going to reveal if that's his daughter or not. Because it's like, why would you put that that um that that question in doubt if you're not going to answer that question up front? And then another thing was Ray Finn had something to tell Ray. We're thinking he's going to tell her that he loves her, but no, it's that she's he's force sensitive. I mean, why can not he just tell her that in the to begin with? See, I mean, these these stuff like this, these stuff should not be going unanswered. They should have been answered inside the um inside the, the movie. But I, I digress. It, it it was a good movie, but they just made they just could it could have been a little bit better in my opinion. But um, shifting gears, lastly to the um the Mandalorian. Now this now this is a uh, uh, innovative show, man. There's there's never been a, a a Star Wars show like this live. Um, this is like the first live action series that the, that um that Star Wars has ever made. Stars the Mandalorian. You know, a, a bounty hunter who um who who bef- who um, befriends uh, you know a baby Yoda when he was uh, assigned to um, kill. Baby Yoda, without knowing what who or what it was that he was targeting, he befriends it, and basically his reputation as a bounty hunter gets messed up, and you know basically he's a marked man. And along the way, he meets uh, IG Eleven, who was originally sent to destroy him, but then later befriends him. Um, Cara Dune, uh, played by. Uh, uh, Gina Carano, you know the former uh, MMA fighter, Carl Weathers as um, what's his name? Cargo? I forgot his first name. But I mean, it's such an all-star cast, man. It's a phenomenal show, man. Hilarious, action-packed, and the, sh- the the episodes keep getting better and better and better, man. From like this, from like season season six, episode six to the to the final eighth episode. Man, it just held. It just holds you at the end of edge of your seat, man. Just finding out what's what's gonna happen next, man. And they've had so many awesome episodes. The first episode where you establish um, the character and the, the big reveal of Baby Yoda. Then you got the third episode when the um, Mandalorians reveal to the world that they're still, you know that they're still alive and that they weren't all destroyed by the Great Purge. And um, and then afterwards, you know, you got the um the the jail episode, in episode episode six. Um, the seventh one was um basically a two-parter from from the season finale. Uh, and you know um, I, um, what's his name? John Carl Esposito reveal himself. Finally, debuts as uh Grant the the Moff uh, Moff Gideon. Who man he. He made a he made an entrance man in the Tie Fighter, and um, they they had the the whole anticipation of the standoff that did that lived up to the hype. And man, that that eight episode man, they saved the best for last man. Basically, everything I want to happen happened, man. You know, I wanted to see um you know um cargo you know reunite with with um. With the man, with, with Mando, and uh, you know, finally join forces with um, with him and uh, Cara Dune. 
And um, yeah, man, the the band finally got together, kicked butt. I mean, it was a it was a great it was a great series, and then they showed um, the reveal of how the Mandalorian looks. Of course, you know he's played by uh, Pedro Pascal, and I mean it was phenomenal. And then afterwards, the the um, the cliffhanger ending finale, you know, you had the battle between uh, Moff Gideon and um, Mando, and it it revealed that. Um, Moff Gideon at the end, he's he's alive and he has the dark saber, the one of a kind dark saber that was introduced in in uh, the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoons and and then into the Rebels cartoon. So a long history about that that saber, man. And I'm glad it I'm glad it's going to be in the series, man. Well, well, what's your thoughts? Well, I thought it was the that final episode was great, probably the best episode of the season. But um, yeah, you learned about the origins a bit of uh, the Mandalorian. Um, you got to see that dark saber, that dark saber, uh, which I didn't even know about, you know, until I saw that episode. But um, yeah, all in all, it was a great episode, a great season, a great first season for the Mandalorian. And now we have to wait a full year to see season two. Yeah. It'll be a long wait, but you know, this is this is. Probably the best series on TV right now. Oh, hands down, hands down. Yeah. I I give it a perfect ten, man. Yeah. Um, the the rise of the Skywalker did enough to redeem the the um the film franchise, even though there there are a lot of stuff that they could have done that would have made the film, you know, a perfect ten in my eyes. But it it was a good movie, you know, it did its job. It was a good movie. Um, but the Mandalorian, man, that's a perfect ten, man. It's a it's a breath of a fresh air, man, of, you know, innovative film, man. I mean, series, TV series, man. And, you know, you got to give credit to Dave Filoni, Kevin, uh, what was I going to say? Um, uh, Dave Filoni, uh, John Favreau, man, for, and, and all the other directors like Deborah Chow, Rafaraqua, whatever, and, uh, uh Taka Wakiti, man, along with, you know, the list of others, man, they, they really, um, contributed to the to the behind the scenes of the, the, the um of the you know of the show and then not to mention that 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 cast man Pedro Pascal Gina Carano Carl Weathers uh Jean Carl Esposito man it, the whole the whole cast man it was phenomenal they couldn't have oh, done yeah. it any better like yep. and I, I can't wait to see season two you know, they hint at, you know, possibly revealing the origins of baby Yoda, who's his parents. I'm I'm hoping it's Yoda and Yaddle, you know, the two Jedi masters. Because those are the only two, Je- those are the only two of Yoda's species that we know of in, like, yeah. the, in, in the canon. Yeah. I mean, in the Old Republic, I mean, there was a, a, a Yoda species alien, but, you know, those are, the, but, you know, in canon, those are the two... Yoda and Yaddle are the two well-known ones, and normally uh, Jedi's are not able to, you know, be in relationships. But they could be extinct species, so they could give them a pass, maybe. Right. But who knows, man? I'm just looking forward to that. Um, is there anything you'd like to say? Uh, no. Uh, just check out my show uh, IMAC Saturdays at ten here, and come back check out Sports with Legend every Saturdays at eleven, only on Blockto Radio. You heard him. You heard everything he said. And also check out 
another new episode of uh, Sports Urban Legend uh, TV on YouTube, available now. And uh, I want to wish you, Mac, and I want to wish you all, uh, uh, you know, happy holidays. I hope you all had a, you know, wonderful Christmas and happy holidays. And I hope you guys have a, a wonderful and blessed and happy New Year's. So he's McCauley Matthew. I'm William Ramo. And I'll see you guys next week, next year. Peace. Next decade. See you guys next time. Peace. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.